Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here with Brian Slazarchuk, the CEO of Zacategas Silver, uh, which has just uh, completed a major transformative uh, acquisition of a uh, oxide gold project in Mexico from Alamos Gold, which has a, um, a historical resource of about a uh, 1.1 million ounces at almost one gram per ton of oxide, which is, uh, uh, for those who know oxide, it's uh, extremely economic. And uh, he's going give, to give us a little overview of the company today and where we see things heading with this new project, as well as any update with the Panuco drilling um, that, that they're doing on their other uh, high-grade silver project in Mexico. Um, hi, Brian. How are you? Uh, very good, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, one thing off the top. Am I being paid or compensated by the company in any way to produce this content? Zero. Not no. at all. Exactly. Okay, very good. Um, so um, congratulations on the acquisition. Uh, thanks a lot, Doug. It's really a transformative acquisition for the company. Going into this acquisition, we already had an excellent silver project with a 43101 compliant resource. On that silver project, we've been drilling an area north of the resource and we've made a discovery and the follow-up holes as well as the discovery holes have been coming in at much higher grade uh, than the resource itself. So we entered this uh, transaction, I think from a strong position to begin with, with that silver asset. But there is no doubt that the transaction we've just announced with Alamos is completely transformative for the company. Uh, this is one of the highest grade uh, oxide gold projects at the development stage out there, uh, having a resource of in excess of 1 million ounces. Now, the resource was compliant. We're treating it as historic because of the fact we've now acquired the project. Uh, but this is not only a very high grade situation with size, but based on past work, we're targeting a very high margin situation here. Yeah, I was looking at some of the economics that were put out there. It looks like, you know, mining milling in GNA is going to cost about seven fifty a ton. And then the in situ value per ton at today's gold price using $2,000 gold is $65 a ton. So that's like an 87% margin uh, before recoveries, obviously. But uh, <laughs> even if you say you only only recover half, you're looking at, at margins, uh, very robust margins. Um, so uh, is, is there any, um, so, so Alamos, they, they've done a lot of work on this and, and I know some, some of the work, you, you know, is not considered compliant, but, but they did do uh, a PEA on it and the, the engineering work for uh, uh, a pre-feasibility study. So the, that, that, that makes this uh, pretty advanced. Um, any thoughts on the plausible, possible CapEx to put this in production, maybe production rate? One of the historic documents that's out there uh, is a preliminary economic assessment. And as people have mentioned, that PEA contemplates just over 100,000 ounces per year of production, all in sustaining cost of approximately $750 an ounce. Now, 
our first order of business is to upgrade the resource to current and then bring that economic study also to a current status. But this project is a project, again, that is not only very high grade, but it has the potential to be exceptionally high margin. And my background, as some people will know, is I was a co-founder of K92 Mining, and I was president there from inception through to cash flow positive operations, commercial production. Uh, John Lewins, who's on our Zacatecas mm -hmm. board, is the current CEO of K92. And uh, what we targeted early with K92 were high margin ounces. We're big bulls on gold. We're big bulls on silver. But we look for projects that have the potential to perform really well if we're offside on that bullish uh, thesis for a while. And mm -hmm. with these types of $750 an ounce all-in sustaining costs contemplated, not only can we benefit from a rising gold price, but we, we have just a lot of room on the downside if for whatever reason gold uh, does unexpectedly pull back. So high margin and high grade is really what we've targeted over the past several years. And it was great to get this transaction done with Alamos. And Alamos, based on this transaction, is now becoming the largest shareholder of Zacatecas. Alamos is keeping all of their exposure to this project. They're exposed to the upside, but they've handed the stewardship of the project over to our team. And I think they've seen what we've done in other situations in terms of putting projects into production. So they can use their bandwidth for a multitude of other projects that they have uh, happening right now. But we think it's a big validation of Alamos's belief in this project that they've now become our largest shareholder. Yeah, it's, 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 um, for those who aren't familiar with K92, uh, that, that company now is uh, what a multi-billion dollar market cap that is one of the highest grade producers in, in the world in uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, which is no small feat. So, um, you know, part of the thing that I tell people is that you need to look at management first and that is why I've decided to allocate uh, some of my portfolio in, into uh, Brian's company or Brian's st stewardship is because he's done it before. He has a proven track record, and and uh, that means a lot in this industry because uh, there's not a lot of people that have that kind of um, uh, experience or clout. Um, so as far as uh, this project, uh, you know, capex wise, because it's a heap leach, you know, that that's going to be fairly low. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, something sub. 150 million does that sound reasonable um. absolutely i i think that if in context if you take a look at the economic work that's out there uh 130 million dollar capex was contemplated so very low capex also very fast and clear path to mm. production right. and those are big advantages uh, when put in a mine in operation. And again, a simple open pit uh, mining operation versus what can sometimes be very complex underground situations is a big benefit in terms of that timeline. It's really interesting when you look at the project because from that $130 million, 
maybe that does grow. And, and as you've mentioned, maybe it, it grows slightly, but uh, I think we can be confident that we're targeting 130 to 140, 150 million dollar capex. Because the capex is so low, this project is not overly sensitive to capex. Yeah. The two biggest sensitivities that are contemplated within this project are recoveries and the price of gold itself. Mm. So with that all in sustaining cost at 750 uh, that had been estimated in the past, uh, there's a lot of room uh, with this project. And the sensitivities are price of gold and recoveries. And based on the historic work, we think we have real significant potential upside on both of those sensitivities. Yeah, so, so that if recoveries uh, improve, then you're looking at an all-in sustaining cost uh, potentially below the, the stated 700, 750. So, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That, that would be pretty amazing. Um, so as far as uh, geology here, do you know, has there any, been any deep drilling to see uh, if there's a way to exploit the uh, sulfides maybe below the oxide and uh, any any uh, metallurgical work done to see what the leach kinetics are with the uh, the sulfide ore? Because I know in some, some like there's some projects like um, there's another oxide uh, in Nevada that I'm invested with where uh, they're an oxide open pit, they're developing resource, but the leach kinetics on the sulfide is really great too. So you, you find for people listening that, that even though you get lower recoveries because you're, the ore that's going through is a much higher grade than the oxide, you're actually getting more payable metal from the sulfides at times than the oxide itself, which just expands the resource cash flow and, and, and the value of the project. Sure. So as to the project and, and the geology and the resource itself, it's interesting to note that historically, 98% of the resource is in the M&I category. Oh, wow. So we're very confident uh, on the resource. We'll have to, of course, upgrade it as I mentioned, to current and, and mm-hmm. uh, do our own analysis of the past results. But that this resource, which if you look at it on a gold equivalent basis, and it's almost all gold, but there is a little bit of a silver component. Historically, this came in at approximately 1.22 million ounces at 1.11 gram per ton gold equivalent. Again, we'll have to do our own work on that. But that is based off of approximately 70,000 meters of drilling. And that, of course, has led to, uh, in the past, as I say, 98% of the resource being M&I versus an inferred or lower confidence uh, category. So when we get in there, we won't have to do a bunch of infill drilling, etc. cetera. Uh, we already have an incredible data set from that 70,000 meters of drilling. Mm. Now, what that gives us out of the gate, if you look at the 100,000 ounce per annum to 110,000 ounce per annum at 750 all in sustaining cost, that gives us right out of the gate uh, an estimated seven years of mine life. Now, that's a lot of mine life in an M&I category ahead of us, but first order of business is that because this deposit in the oxides is still open for expansion, we'll look to expand that oxide zone first and add years of mine life to the oxide zone. At the same time, 
there hasn't been a whole lot of deep drilling. Uh, there are some project targets regionally outside the near mine expansion area yeah. where we do have some additional uh, very good oxide targets. We need to do some deep drilling, look at the sulfide targets. There's been extensive uh, work done uh, metallurgically in the oxide zone, but not a whole lot in terms of sulfide. So mm. uh, there's exploration upside regionally uh, over and above expansion potential near mine uh, of this oxide zone. So first order of business in terms of the drill bit would be look to expand that oxide zone and just keep adding uh, mine life years. Great, great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, see how the work uh, develops. Um, so at the, uh, if we could shift to the, the uh, other property, uh, um, the uh, Panuco, um, so what, is there any update there? I, I, I know that, uh, you know, you did put a, put out a 43101, a little over, uh, uh, 16 million, uh, ounces of silver. And I think it was like uh, close to 170, uh, grams per ton. Um, and you were embarking or in the middle of your 10,000 meter drill program. Um, so, uh, any, any updates there? It, absolutely. Uh, the drill's turning as we speak and our chief operating officer is a fellow named chris wilson and chris is a, a phd geologist he mm. spent 10 years of his uh, 30 year career working for uh, ivanhoe working for robert friedland yeah i've uh, i've i've, 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 I've uh, i know chris's work i don't know him personally but but he's uh, extremely competent he's extremely good reputation it, it, absolutely. And whereas a, a director such as John Lewins on our Zacatecas team is very focused on production, Chris is very focused on expansion, exploration via the drill bit. And when we put together that 16 million ounce resource of approximately 175 grams a ton, 170 grams a ton, uh, within it, we had 5.1 million ounces grading north of 220 grams a ton. And what Chris did was start to put together the geological uh, package and interpretation. He interpreted the geology a little bit differently than was historically done. Mm -hmm. And he started to vector in on this area that we call Panuco North, which is, as the name uh, entails, it's north of the main <laughs> Panuco zone. Right. It's not a creative name that we gave it, but that's the, the name that we gave it. Uh, so Panuco North is where Chris thought there would be really high-grade potential. Yeah. The first hole that he put into Panuco North was in a previously undrilled area of the property, and we intersected 2.17 meters at 823 grams per ton. So much higher than the resource that we have uh, in place in terms of the resource estimate. We followed that up with a hole grading north of 700 grams per ton. We had some other holes just under 200, but over nice big six to seven meter cuts of mineralization. So we're very early at Panuco North, but we now see Panuco North as obviously and, and evidently having much higher grade than we see at Panugo Central. So we know the grade is there. And as to where we're at in the system, these holes are very near surface. They're 10 to 30 meters from surface. And 
when looking at the mineralogy, the tenor of mineralization, etc., Chris and his team interpret us to be uh, near the top of the system. So in addition to the big grade that we're seeing, the high grade that we're seeing, Chris interprets these early holes at Panuco North as indicating there's some serious size potential at depth. Mm. So this is open along strike, of course, it's early days, it's open at depth. Indications are that we're up top in the system, there's big depth potential. Uh, so in addition to the silver resource at Panuco, we've now got this discovery area at Panuco North. And, and I think that's going to provide uh, not only a, a lot of news flow with the drill turning, but it's going to provide a, a really double-edged uh, component to this opportunity. We've got advanced stage gold progressing towards near-term production now yeah. at Esperanza and very separately we're onto this high-grade silver system at the Zacatecas Silver Properties. So in the north, is, is it starting to look more like an intermediate uh, 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 sulfidation unit there uh, where you're getting base metals in with the uh, silver and gold? Um, it, it is. It, it, it's looking like intermediate sulfidation system there. Uh, it's early days, yeah. and I think that one of the things that, that's most important uh, is where we are at in that system. And the yeah. fact that Chris and the guys on site uh, think that we're up top of that system really gives it the size potential at depth. So there'll be a lot more to figure out here. Mm. Uh, but in these first several holes, we seem to be getting very high-grade cuts of silver wh wherever we go. And now it'll be starting to figure out spatially how this looks, uh, there are at least two uh, distinct veins at Panuco North, along with a number of uh, splays that we've mm. identified just in these first several holes. We're anticipating more results from Panuco North uh, over the next 10, 15 days. So we're really eagerly uh, awaiting those assays. Yeah, I, I, I won't bother asking you for a timeline for assays because globally it's just been hell, right? Like I know, uh, I know a company uh, in uh, uh, in the states there uh, that has waited three months. You know, usually it was three weeks for assays that they've been waiting for three months. So, so I, w I won't try to lock you into a timeline. So soon, soon you'll have assays. So, so the what, what's interesting, you know, for people who who don't know the. Um, that uh, um, Zacatecas uh, uh, trend has produced uh, like over 6 billion ounces of silver, you know, and some of your neighbors, uh, you've got the, um, you've got uh, the uh, Vita Grande, the Santa Cruz there, it's over, uh, deposit over 200 million ounces. Uh, you got Fresnillo with another over 200 million ounce deposit uh, right next door. Um, Pan, American, Pan American silver, capstone, all working uh, in, in the area. So um, ideally you put together enough tons and, and whatnot. There is definitely a lot of optionality beyond just putting it in production where it could be monetized to someone else. Um, so that's, that's, that's exciting too. Um, great. That's really good. Um, as far as a capital structure, uh, post the financing, what, what does the treasury look like? Uh, the Treasury, going into the financing, we had approximately $2.5 million in cash. Uh, we've uh, made some drill advances, so we're in a slightly better position than that. 
the financing is an $18 million financing. Mm -hmm. The only commitment out of that is a U.S. $5 million payment uh, to uh, Alamos. The rest of uh, the consideration for Alamos uh, up front, uh, as I mentioned, they're, they're participating in this. They're taking stock. They're becoming a large shareholder. So we're going to be exceptionally well-funded to drill aggressively at the Zacateca Silver Projects, continue to advance uh, the Esperanza Gold Project towards production. Incidentally, geotechnical drilling, which was the final component of the EIA submission, mm -hmm. just wrapped up at Esperanza. So it, we've got quite low capital intensity at Esperanza because 70,000 meters of drilling has already been done. The engineering studies have already been done. The geotechnical drilling has just now wrapped up. So the the capital intensity is largely spoken for at Esperanza. Zacatecas, uh, we have one drill rig turning now. We'll increase that based on what we're seeing. And okay, great. Just, incidentally, you mentioned the Veta Grande vein and how prolific that's been. Outside of Pinoco North and another area of our property, we've actually traced the Veta Grande extension onto our property, and it's another highly prospective uh, exploration target. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I was looking at the uh, geological map, and it looked like, yeah, that vein seems to go into your property, and that's a huge, highly productive, high-grade vein that's been producing for hundreds of years, right? Um, yes. That's really exciting. Well, um, oh, uh, as far as insider ownership, what kind of stake does uh, do, uh, in the company do, do does do, do the insiders have as far as a percentage ownership, uh, approximately? Sure, insiders employees would have approximately thirty to thirty five percent insider ownership. On top of that, we have some great shareholders that we've announced, uh, such as Eric Sprott, mm -hmm. uh, and now of course Alamos. So for a small company uh, with projects of this caliber and shareholders such as Eric Sprott, such as Alamos, yeah. and with management having a big stake, you know, we, we think we're really well positioned. Yeah, you're certainly aligned with the, the, the retail shareholders, which tend to be the people who follow me the most, uh, which is important. That's great. So are, are you still active with K92 or... I'm I'm in the K92 office as we speak. Uh, I've come off of K92 as president. I've come off as a director, uh, but I work closely with the team there. And as I mentioned, the current CEO of K92, John Lewins, is on our Zacatecas board. And now that we have such an advanced stage project, uh, John's uh, vision as a mind builder, I think, would just be invaluable to us moving forward. Yeah, yeah. As we talked uh, beforehand, I, I own part of a private company uh, that's right next to uh, K92 in Papua New Guinea. So maybe John and I will be having a conversation at some point uh, regarding that. But uh, yes, this is very good. Uh, this is the first time we've met, uh, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased with how everything's going. Uh, and uh, I'm, you know, I've recently become a shareholder. I've added this to my, my portfolio and I'm looking forward to the next few years, how this develops. I, I think we're... Uh, very well positioned for any gold price, uh, well capitalized. And again, it's all about the margins and the margins are tremendous. Um, so uh, congratulations and, and thank you again for giving me your time to, to talk. And, and as uh, more major news comes out, I, uh, I will reach out to you. And if you do have time uh, to disseminate that 
as we've done here today so that the, uh, the shareholders can get a better grasp of it, I would appreciate it. Wonderful. Thanks for your time. Great. Take care. Thank you.